Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are checking our frequencies, measuring our watts, and tapping into our power because we're talking all about energy. Energy we store, energy we consume, and energy we share. Not sure about your Hertz output? Maybe it's different given the day, your mood, what has previously transpired, and what is yet to come. For electricity, you check the kilowatt hours that show up on your electricity bill. But what about your personal energy? It may take some effort and deliberate check-in. We aren't just talking about high energy or low, but everything in between. Positive and negative, productive and counterproductive. Can you change your frequency? Could you be more intentional with the energy you send out? And could you be more protective about the energy you consume? The answer is yes. So let's plug in, open our hearts and minds, and seek to understand. You've heard me say it before. I have two speeds, on and off. But of course that isn't true. I would say that I notice when I'm full on into something and when I'm over it more than all the varying degrees in between. Make sense? What gets you amped up? Charged or recharged, raring to go. I'm sure you're getting excited just thinking about it. But put a pin in that because we will revisit it. Now, what drains your energy storage banks? What truly takes it out of you and causes you to tap? I would say people as an answer to both questions. I love people and I love pouring into people. As an encouragementologist, I'm rewarded by the investment I make into others. But as sweet as the reward can be, it can be soured by toxic people. To me, being kind is so easy. I've read it takes more muscles, 43, to frown than it does to smile, only 13. But it feels like some people just don't want to be happy. Try as you might, nothing you say or do seems to change that. And to me, that's energy exhausting. Maybe it's because I do care and I do try. So for that, I'm willing to keep going. But the difference is measurable. Sue Cohn Taylor helps us understand that human energy is contagious. Whose vibes are you catching? This is found at mentalfitnesscompany.com. Have you ever noticed how someone's energy can impact your day? Make it better or totally destroy it? You've probably experienced the effect of energy many times in your life without really putting two and two together. Certain people radiate positive energy and others have negative energy. These vibes become infectious. Remember when you were feeling a little down and you spent time with an upbeat person and then felt more energized and upbeat? Or when you were feeling upbeat and were completely flattened by a negative energy person? A person's energy is a combination of their past, their mindset, their dominant thoughts, and their perception of the world. Sometimes that energy is easily felt and other times it manifests subtly and subconsciously. 
Positive, energized people often make you feel safe, happy, and relaxed around them. Their vibe is welcoming. You meet somewhere for the first time and you feel like you are being recharged and uplifted just by being near them. You enjoy the time you spend with them and look forward to your next meeting. Yes, please. Whereas negative people are often judgmental and unhappy, complainers, and they like to put others down or gossip. You intuitively feel insecure, unhappy, and tense around them. Their vibe is off-putting. No thanks. Of course, there's an infinite number of variations in between. You may not consciously know it, but your senses pick up on these vibrations and read them. Why is it that meeting with some people can uplift and inspire you while others leave you wanting to hide away in a dark room? Sometimes it's easy to see how others affect you, but many times you may not even realize the effect others are having on you or the effect you're having on others. Building self-awareness of how situations or people make you feel can help correct or deflect this negative energy. The more you notice other people's energy, the more conscious you become of who you want to spend time with. Energy vampires or suckers are good to avoid. Remember, we all feel negative at times, and that's okay. It's how long you choose to stay there that matters. And sometimes it's important for you to find someone to hang out with who can help bring your energy upwards just as it's necessary and empathetic to help lift the energy of others who are accessible and open to it. The more positive you feel, the more you realize how important it is to stay positive and not let anyone affect your energy, because energy is such an important part of your life. It gives you strength, meaning, creativity, motivation, and focus, and if you make it a priority, it will serve you. Do you have tools for helping lift your energy when you need a positive boost? Often, we sit for too long in our low energy vibe instead of engaging in our strategies to help us get a positive bounce back. So what are your strategies? As a leader, remember every person is a leader. Your energy can determine the success of a meeting, a workday, your home environment, or even your overall company. If you have an employee, coworker, or family member who's struggling, have you considered how much influence you have on their performance and helping them to lift their energy? Taking action is good because remember, negativity is contagious. Evaluate the energy flowing within your company and around you, including your home life. Don't wait for others to create the positive, rewarding, motivating environment that you have the power to create all along. A positive environment is a healthy environment, whether it be at home or in the office. When you pick up on the vibes within and around you, you have choices to make. You can join in the energy level and add to that energy choose to change that energy, or just walk away. Be responsible for the energy you carry around with you because it has immense power. 
redirect on your energy often and be conscious of how it ripples out into the world and into the lives of others. And at all times, remember to breathe deep and long. I'm in sales, so I spend a lot of energy smiling, reaching out, introducing concepts, smiling, overcoming objections, telling stories, smiling, negotiating, closing, and did I mention smiling? When my day is done and I'm turning my energy to my family, sometimes I have to dig deep. Who else feels this way? I remember saying before, I can't make another decision today. Work it out amongst yourselves. When I worked in an office, I had the drive to work to get my mind right and get ready for the day, and then the drive home to decompress and change gears. But now, many of us work from home. Now, it's more important than ever to adjust your thinking and leave work at work and embrace home when you step away from the desk. Think about an end-of-the-workday routine where you can truly log out and plug back in to your own personal life. Ever heard of good vibrations? Christina Lopez at Balance Media shares the science behind good vibrations. The principle of vibration is one of the basic laws of the universe. Everything moves and nothing rests. Every single thing is an expression of vibration and a form of energy that we perceive consciously and unconsciously. Our bodies are molecular structures that vibrate at a very high speed, and our cerebral matter is a hub, similarly to an electronic switching station. In other words, our brains don't think. We think with our brains. As we activate our brain cells, we set up a vibration in our bodies. This results in the frequency with which we carry ourselves and create the perception of our internal and external reality. Once we tune into our energy, we can connect with ourselves and others on a more profound level and improve our emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. As humans, we're exposed to constant energy. What sets everything apart in our internal and external world are two things, the atomic structure and the vibrational frequency of what we focus on. The speed or frequency of these vibrations determines whether something appears as a solid, liquid, or gas. We respond to specific frequency levels both consciously and unconsciously. Physically, our bodies respond on a cellular level, and all the energy that we are exposed to causes a signal to pass between our body and our brain. Coherence is a scientific principle that explains the clarity of these vibrations. In contrast, there are incoherent signals, which are often the root cause of negative thought patterns. When we're exposed to these incoherent signals, we can feel out of sync owing to less information being exchanged between our cells. This causes a corresponding change in vibration and potentially less energy, which in turn affects our cells' biological function and consequently our mind, body, and soul. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a neuroscientist who has undertaken revolutionary research in quantum physics. 
epigenetics, molecular biology, and neurocardiology to open new possibilities for self-healing and self-actualized empowerment. Author of the New York Times bestseller, Becoming Supernatural, How Common People Are Doing the Uncommon, Dr. Dispenza's research reveals that if we maintain these incoherent emotional states for prolonged periods of time, they can lead to us feeling imbalanced, fearful, and full of doubt. We often talk about the vibe of a particular person, situation, or setting. This vibe refers to a specific vibration, which we then define as either positive or negative. An individual's energy is a result of several factors, including mindset, experience, thought patterns, and perception of the world. We each have a unique internal map of how we view our external reality based on how we have responded to life's experiences. This in turn shapes our belief system and identity. Positive vibrations are high frequency, thinking patterns, attitudes, and emotions, whereas negative vibrations are low-frequency thinking patterns, attitudes, and emotions. The easiest way to identify a negative vibration is to be aware of when and how we feel resistance within ourselves. Positive vibrations make us feel at ease, while negative vibrations can make us feel doubtful, worried, and anxious. We often pick up on energies that don't belong to us, we begin to identify these energies as part of who we are. We can feel stuck in a low vibrational state. We all need to let go of this resistance and live in accordance with our sense of inner peace. Whether you're affected by energies that don't belong to you or you're stuck in a cycle of negative thinking, I would like to share some of these neuro performance tools for your vibrational toolbox. The key is that you'll be willing to do the work. Shifting the tone of your internal dialogue is key. So pay attention to what you're telling yourself. Your mind and body will respond to the vibration of your thought patterns. Switching the tone to sound positive as you speak to yourself will cause an immediate shift in your vibration. For example, Practice saying these statements to yourself. I know this is happening for me, not against me. There must be value in it. I'm grateful for this challenging experience. I believe this is happening for the good. The heart has a nervous system independent of the brain. When the heart moves in coherence, it beats in a consistent rhythmic manner and we can access the heart's intelligence. Try shifting or working with your emotions from your heart center. It will help you to develop much more compassion for yourself and others. Connect your heart center to your brain. Working with the heart center allows a person to measure the intensity of their positive emotions, including gratitude, love, abundance, freedom, and peace. When the heart moves into coherence, it acts as an amplifier and sends coherent information to our brains, quieting our survival centers. Gratitude is by far the most powerful emotion to measure a vibrational shift. We normally give thanks when we receive something, but if you feel gratitude out of choice, 
Your body shifts into receptive mode as an emotional signature of gratitude is positive. This is what makes gratitude so powerful. Choosing gratitude enables your body to receive new positive thought patterns. This programs your autonomic nervous system with a better outcome, allowing you to introduce new information to your mind and body. Feeling positive as you talk to yourself will enable you to overcome your negative low frequencies. It can be difficult to catch yourself being your worst enemy. It takes training to break conditioned patterns and beliefs. We can be so unaware of how we hold ourselves back when it comes to our long-standing belief systems. Next time you're around someone who you feel is in a low vibration, shift the negative focus to who they are. Tell them about their positive traits and the good they bring to the world. Empower them through compassion and love. You will see an immediate shift. Observe the beauty of this moment and let it blow your mind. This will show you how quickly you can raise someone's vibration and in turn your own. It will teach you how to heal others as well as heal yourself once you understand the power of directing your energy where you want it to go. Put in the time to change your thoughts. We're in control of our energy and how we channel it. Own it for yourself and those you love and tune into your highest vibration. Commit to living fully in vibrational alignment with what makes you feel good to create harmony within. I love this. Next time you're around someone who you feel is in a low vibration, shift the negative focus to who they are. Tell them about their positive traits and the good they bring to the world. Empower them through compassion and love. Oh my goodness. Dr. Joe, you are an encouragementologist. I love it. I too try and notice someone's low energy, i.e. vibration, and do what I can with a smile, a kind word, a touch, whatever you can give. This is so powerful because you could change someone's overall energy and direction, therefore changing their trajectory and impacting so many more. So never feel hopeless in what seems like a negative world. You have great power to make a real difference. It's free, it helps you just as much, and you can start today. If someone asks you, what's your vibe? What would you say? At jakeu.com, I found information on what's the vibe, 10 types of vibes. It's intuitive, it's an eight, we can all sense a vibe. And there are tons of them, each of them with their own nuances. But Jake Yu explored just a few of the core general types, so this is not an exhaustive list. First things first, what are vibes and how do we feel them? Let's unpack things a bit. Vibes are feelings, experiences, moments, or qualities that are able to be sensed. It's pretty straightforward, and this topic is something we intuitively understand. I mean, the vernacular of something like, what's the vibe like, is pretty easy to follow. But why do we know these energies, and how do we feel them? 
Turns out our bodies and minds are incredibly powerful. So let's dive in a little deeper. It's actually a fascinating topic with various scientific studies. So here are a few takeaways. Research suggests our nervous systems can pick up on chemical signals in a physical space, sensing good or bad vibes. Our sweat and tears have chemo signals based on the emotional state we were in when they were produced. And studies show we can pick up on those chemo signals from just the sweat or tears alone. Human emotions can be contagious, and we respond to subtle facial, speech, or facial cues. We also have the ability to mimic others in a group setting so that we can fit into the tribe. Emotional residue is an area of study where spaces and places carry leftover emotions from past experiences of other people. Emotions and thoughts can influence reality and perceptions. Vibes or energy, which carry information at the quantum level, which influences and affects everything around us, including us. So let's dive into some of the top types of vibes. Number one, creative vibes. It's fun, intuitive, expressive, and all the good stuff. I think everyone has innate creativity. It's quite human, and tapping into this energy is a simple matter of self-belief, having fun, and making without the fear of perfectionism. The ultimate creative vibe is a flow state, which is when we're completely absorbed in the task at hand and our mind and body are total fluidity. Time slows and our awareness and senses are heightened. We're in the zone. Here are just a few examples of creative vibes. Musicians and artists, writers and bloggers, entrepreneurs, brainstorming and ideation, cooking new inspired meals, crafting, design, whether interior or graphic, woodworking, fashion. Number two, anxious vibes. Anxiety, stress, we've all been there. For better or worse, it's a vibe we're all familiar with and tend to experience to varying degrees and longevity. Of course, this stress response served its purpose in survival situations, but when it becomes chronic from daily stressors in modern life, it can become a problem. Of course, sometimes it's unavoidable and it's okay to feel and recognize emotions as long as we can manage them and move forward. Have you ever tried meditation? You can also consider some handy app tools to keep an eye on your anxious vibes. For instance, the mood tracker Lasta on your phone can help you in managing anxiety symptoms. Lasta helps you track your emotions over time and detected patterns that might cause such feelings. By consistently monitoring your mood, you can gain useful knowledge about how specific activities or circumstances influence your mental health, empower you to make better decisions, and avoid triggers. Here are a few emotions and situations to watch out for that can create anxious vibes. Stress, worrying, nervousness, tension, embarrassment or uneasiness, regret. Number three, higher vibes. Higher vibes are a higher state of being. High vibes are those elevated energy states we all know and love. They're warmer, exciting, and infectious. It's those familiar good vibes, 
After all, higher vibes tend to be positive and joyful. So here are some examples of higher vibes. Optimism, inspiration, love, happiness, excitement, motivation, empathy, altruism, pride, friendship, laughter. What about the low vibes? Lower vibes aren't necessarily bad, at least not always. These states are pretty common and unavoidable. In fact, learning how to embrace the low points is super useful and healthy. For example, you may reframe lower vibes, setbacks, or obstacles like the roots of a tree. These negative things may seem dark and in the dirt at first, but they can often end up making a stronger tree and more beautiful branches and leaves. So here are some vibes that are on the lower register of things. Negativity, pessimism, fear, hate, sadness, struggle, guilt, shame, anger, frustration, and aggression. And again, some of these lower vibes can't be helped, so no stress. But they're important to recognize and even embrace sometimes, like sadness. Number five, chill vibes. It's a great state to be in. It's sort of like turning on that holiday vacation brain. Worries are thrown out the window and troubles are often left behind. It's healthy too. It's the opposite of stress and embraces a Buddhist type view. Whatever happens, you can't help but recite the mantra. It is what it is. So here's an example of chill vibes. Relaxation, bliss, meditation, taking a bath. A nap, waking up slowly on a Sunday morning. Number six, diligent vibes. We all experience this state of mind and focus, whether it's work-related, project-based, or personal. We all have moments of intense focus and drive. It's a great vibe for getting things done. Here are a few common examples. Focus study or work, discipline, exercising or training, Applying a new skill, problem solving, waiting until the last minute to do something, crunch time. Number seven, distracted vibes. Staying present can be hard, and getting distracted from time to time is a pretty human thing to do. And we can all pick up on the vibe when someone is distracted or not completely present with you. It's an incredibly common vibe in this day and age. So here are some examples of distraction. Spacing out. Social media. The news. Trying to talk with a show in the background. Getting burned out. Not finishing tasks. Number eight. Ulterior vibes. You may know how this one goes. Someone, you don't talk to them often, reaches out. They seem present and genuine at first, but then they go in for the hard ask. Boom, ulterior vibes. This example may be a bit extreme and negative, so we should highlight that not all ulterior motives are bad. So here are a few examples. Some are totally okay, but some maybe not so much. Taking a friend out as a distraction for a surprise party. Becoming friends with someone for an ulterior benefit like social status or money. Going above and beyond at work, not for the company's growth, but for a promotion or better opportunity. Starting a relationship to try and fix another problem in your life. 
when someone who is eager to participate suddenly seems disinterested at the moment. Visiting certain stores or shops over things in hopes of running into someone you like. Number nine, spidey vibes. We all have spidey vibes. I guess we're all supernatural in some way. This is talking about the sixth sense, the type of feeling we get when something is off or on. It's an awareness of your surroundings and the people around you. It's not to be mistaken with just plain paranoia, but it's your body and mind picking up on energetic information. So here are some examples of spidey vibes. Sensing someone's looking at you. Sensing something's afoot. Getting strange or weird feelings and a vibe from someone or something. Your intuition or your gut feeling. And number 10, romantic vibes. No list would be complete without this key human experience. Romance, love, and attraction. There's definitely a felt connection between people when vibes match. Sometimes the vibe is purely physical, sexual. Sometimes it's more emotional. Either way, there's a romantic component. We all experience these vibes in one way or another. It's just, among other things, a deep connection or attachment to someone manifested through strong emotions and various other biochemicals. So here are some quick examples of romantic vibes. Attraction and attachment. Slow dancing with someone you care about. Spontaneous gift giving. Sex or lovemaking. I would like to think I give off a chill vibe. Easygoing, simple to please. I actually said this to my husband and he laughed out loud. He said that I was anything but easygoing. Hmm, okay. Maybe I don't give off that vibe, even if I feel it at times. I might be a little more driven, impulsive, action-oriented, and intense. Yeah, I can see now how that doesn't give off the easygoing energy I'd hope for. But I'm flexible and patient with others, even if I hold myself to a different standard. This I'm working on. Energetic attraction is energy flowing from one person to another. Sometimes this energy is almost palpable. Dr. Judith Orloff explains the four laws of energetic attraction found on her website. Are you longing for relationships that do your heart good and generate strong connections? Then there are four laws of energetic attraction. Positive energy law, number one. We attract who we are. The more positive energy we give off, the more we'll receive. Ditto for negativity. It works like this. Love attracts love. Grumpiness attracts grumpiness. Passion attracts passion. And rage attracts rage. First, define what being positive does and doesn't mean for you in the terms of attitude and behavior. Don't worry if you're far from a positive place. It's an evolution. Give thought to what you value most in yourself and others. You can then strengthen these traits in yourself and attract the same. The idea is to find reciprocally nourishing interactions, not to win a popularity contest. Here's an exercise that will help you boost your positive signals. 
Identify your best qualities and project them to the world. Before meeting new people or going to important events, prime yourself. Think, I'm not going to focus on my insecurity, but on a strength like my sensitivity, compassion, or humor. I'm going to feel and trust the positive energy inside me. I'm going to claim my full power. Such selective attention puts your best parts front and center. Law number two, intuition clarifies smart choices. Relationships are tricky. They can be a big blur even when your eyes are open. We've learned to draw conclusions from surface data, how nice someone seems, looks, or is educated, or how a situation adds up on paper. But attraction goes deeper to make it work for you. Other ingredients must be considered. Respect your intuitions about relationships and identify those that highlight compatible matches. What may obscure the picture is anxiety or intense sexual attraction. If so, go slow until you get a keener intuitive read. Tune in. Choose a relationship or situation that needs clarification. Perhaps you're confused about a friendship or vacation. Run it by your intuition criteria. Do you feel troubled and nervous or energized and safe? Act on vibes. Insecurity, ego, lust, or stubbornness can obscure your better judgment. If a person feels positive, explore the possibilities. If the vibes are mixed, take a pass or at least wait. If all your sense is negative, have the courage to walk away, no matter how tempting the option seems. Then observe how listening to energy in this way leads you to the juiciest opportunities. Law number three, seeing the best in people magnetizes them. Instead of reflexively accentuating the worst in a person or situation, choose to energize positive qualities. The object isn't to flatter, make nice, or politically correct, or ignore intuitive red flags, nor to deny someone's dark side or placate abusers. Your goal is to mine the gold in positive relationships and elevate communication in more difficult ones. We want to have the goodness in us acknowledged. If you want to connect with someone, notice their assets. Let's say a coworker is snitty. Realize that happy people don't act this way. So instead of being snitty back or constantly miffed, redirect the energy. Comment on the long hours they put in or give a compliment about their appearance. Use this approach for a week and watch the vibes change. You could also tell two people that you love that you're grateful for them. Or tell at least two people you don't love that you're grateful about them. Adjust your perception. Spend an afternoon noticing the positive qualities of everyone you meet. Praise other people's abilities. Law number four, soulful giving generates abundance. Giving is supposed to feel good. If not, something's wrong. Soulful giving enlarges your capacity to be more caring. You give for the joy of it, expecting nothing in return. In contrast, Codependent giving bleeds life force. It's driven by obligation, guilt, or a martyr complex, and it leaves the giver feeling sucked dry, unappreciated, and put upon. 
You want to give for reasons that energize you, not because you're taking inappropriate responsibility for others. So here are some strategies that will generate bountiful giving. If you give from your heart, your vitality will soar. So give spontaneously. Give anonymously. And use these laws to mobilize excellence and kindness in your relationships. Emphatically say no to anything that doesn't further the heart. Cheer each success. Don't cheat your joy by jumping too quickly to the next ambition. Instead, pledge to value even the tiniest of triumphs. That's what the art of positive living is all about. Let's hear a little more from Dr. Orloff because as we explore energy consumed, it's important to recognize who's taking versus giving. On our YouTube channel, I found a CBS interview on energy vampires. So let's take a listen. How do we recognize these emotional vampires? I love the term. And we all know there are people that we call like, oh, they're so negative. Is that what you're talking about, people like that? I am. I'm talking about draining people. Um, And how do you know if you're around an emotional vampire? You suddenly get tired and you feel like taking a nap and your eyelids get very heavy. And this is your body's intuition. And what I'm saying in the book is that you have to pay attention to your body's intuition. You have to listen to those signs and signals that your energy is going down around people. And do not marry this kind of person. Do not go into a job with this kind of person. And so I want to teach everyone how to listen to their bodies so they don't interact with emotional vampires and they can have positive people around them. These emotional vampires themselves, do they know that they're that way or they just kind of go through life not knowing that they're actually zapping everybody's energy? Most of them are subconscious and unconscious because they don't understand that what they're doing is draining people. For instance, the chronic complainer, somebody who keeps you on the phone for two hours and goes mm-hmm. on and on with their life story and you want to be a good friend listening. Now you have to learn how to set limits and boundaries with them. And so I go through strategies in the book and how to do that. For instance, you say, you know, I love you, you're my good friend, but I can only listen if you want to get into solutions. And the way you speak to them is with a very matter-of-fact, even tone, very loving. You don't say, oh, I'm so sick and tired of your complaining, (laughs) which is what you feel. That's what you're thinking. That's what what you feel, but you don't want to approach them that way because it won't work. I I imagine that uh, we also can do this to ourselves, though. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the what-if or the if-only kind of thinking. And how do you get yourself out of that? That's right. Well, there's a quiz in the book, How Do You Know If You're an Emotional Vampire? (laughs) <laughs> and what you have to do, and, and I, I say this compassionately, is you look at yourself, now you say, am I getting into draining behaviors or am I draining myself? The negative thoughts in your own head where you start the day saying, oh my God, how am I going to get through this day? And you start working yourself up the first thing in the morning. And so what I'm suggesting is that you, when you wake up, you take a breath, you say something very positive to yourself and you're grateful for your day and then start your day from that vantage point, no matter who you meet or what happens. Is there just too much anxiety in our lives these days? I mean, when we look at our lifestyle today compared to what it was 100 years ago, yes. there's a lot of difference there. 
oh, I think we're addicted to anxiety. And there's a whole chapter in the book on how to maintain inner calm and not be anxious and not get addicted to anxiety because people are watching the news all the time, you know. And That's not a bad the, thing. No, the, it's, it's a great thing, but in terms of the violence and in terms right. of the, the negative messages, to, to not excessively do that and to be around very positive people, you know, and, and be around very creative things and learn how to self-nurture, you know, rather than just fixating on what makes you anxious. Because anxiety can be very addictive, and so you have to learn how to shift out of it. And one of the keys in the book is how do you find inner calm? How do you calm yourself down? And this is a basic skill I teach my patients. I practice it myself through meditation, through breathing, through the proper thinking, you know, through exercise, through learning how to shift the stress hormones to get the endorphins, the blissful neurochemicals that you want going around in your system. All of these are tools for emotional freedom. It sounds like it's all connected, the mental well-being, the physical, spiritual, what you're eating, exercising. It is. As a psychiatrist, I combine mind, body, spirit, and intuition. I don't just teach traditional medicine, but I combine many other modalities to help patients so they know they can have all the options in the world. Now, more options than just traditional psychiatry says. Electronics are contributing to our hectic lifestyle these days. I think so. There's a term in the book I use called techno-despair, and this is the kind of despair that comes from technology and information overload and being on the computer too much and just getting inundated. And so it's important to learn how to find emotional freedom, calm yourself down, take the breaks from the computers. Now go out, get some fresh air, meditate, exercise, think positive thoughts, but don't stay glued to that computer that will drain your energy. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, monitor your energy, stored, consumed, and shared. You have the power to change your frequency to emit more positivity, which in turn will lift those around you and effectively alter their daily trajectory. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone's through until the path was clear.